0: There's been a recent shift in some attitudes around the drive for electric vehicles, which suggests a more cautious approach may be on the horizon. In addition, does your company need a fun squad to make work more interesting? We'll take a look at these and some other topics on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Behind the big screens, as always, is Chris. Hello,
1: sir. Hey, how's it going? Good.
0: Good. Hey, just wanted to, to uh, bring up one quick point. Uh, the summertime is, is almost here. Uh, it's getting warmer outside. The office is getting warmer. I don't think they've had the, the AC on full yet. Uh, so I, I, I don't know, the last couple of episodes, I've been wearing sort of regular boring-ass shirts. And so I wanted to ask your opinion, like, are, are these okay? Should I get something more colorful? I, I know that you were talking about T-shirts with me at one point, but I, I just don't feel comfortable in T-shirts, unlike the hoodies, which is my normal sort of
1: well you're asking my my opinion yeah
0: i mean you look awesome in t-shirts because you know you're 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 uh
1: Uh. athletic guys and me i'm just a big blob (laughs) (laughs) no hardly hardly (laughs) athletic no um yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. So you just try whatever works. I don't know.
0: I, I'm, I'm thinking about T-shirts, but I'm looking for suggestions if, if, any, if anybody's open to figuring out. I just, this, this shirt is probably, it's a comfortable shirt, but it, 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 it just feels boring on, on, the, on the screen. So um, I am looking for suggestions on, on some wear that's not a hoodie because the hoodies are just way too heavy for the summertime months. So we, you may not be seeing hoodies until September. Just right, an right. FYI, I know I know you you could care less, but anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's get into some of the news that, that that's been happening recently. Um, we haven't talked about electric vehicles uh, recently uh, or, or after a few weeks, but uh, there there were some some interesting news. Uh, there was a, a really cool article in the Wall Street Journal uh, by Christopher Mims. Uh, he writes a lot about uh, EVs, and what he did was he took a he took one of the the newest uh, long range electric vehicles on a trip from New York City up to Montreal. It's about a thousand miles between uh, maybe round I think it's round trip because it's, it's definitely less than a thousand miles to get from New York to Montreal um, but round trip would probably be about a thousand miles. And so he, there is an article that talks about his experience there but then this week he wrote about uh, some of the reasons why the uh, EV kind of drive, yeah, why America isn't ready for the EV takeover? And this was a really fascinating article. And it's stuff that we've been talking about before is it, it did feel like a lot of electric vehicle pushes were, just just buy the vehicle and we'll figure everything else out, right, Chris? It was it was it was always like buy an EV, don't buy a hybrid. You know, just get a, get an EV and we'll figure out everything. and And your life will be miserable as you as you, or your life will be so great because it'll you'll be saving the planet. And w- what we've tried to point out is that the infrastructure is not ready. Uh, charging takes a long time. You have to sort of re-figure out where you're going to go and. In this article, this is what Christopher Mims was was sort of experiencing. So I want to go through some of the
1: points that he was making in the article. Is that okay? I mean, you want to just jump yeah, in? Yeah, no, that's fine. So yeah. uh, let me let me get this straight. So he, uh, this writer yeah. from Wall Street Journal, decided to take a was it one thousand one thousand miles? Yeah, he said it was about one thousand miles round trip, and an EV. Because he's he's test driving what a a long a uh, long range EV
0: right yeah it was a Lucid Air Grand Touring vehicle which of course costs one hundred and thirty eight thousand oh, dollars Um that's that's, 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 it's, that's it's those new longer range ones uh,
1: the ones that you and I are going to get are not going to give that kind of long range um, right so so he took he took this out for a drive on this on this trip and right. I guess what he found out was uh, it's not that great. Well, I guess he, had, he, to, yeah, I mean, he, he had to out? change
0: some of his expectations and he sort of did a roundup in, in the latest article about what needs to sort of happen in order for the world to sort of
1: advance into this wor- world of EVs. And, so, and it was a lot of what, like infrastructure? Yeah, well, I'm yeah, sure. I'm
0: going to go through each one, each of his points. The first one was that EV makers need to level with drivers about the true range of vehicles, uh, bringing up this idea of range anxiety that a lot of people have. So, you know, the, the EPA and and they, they're they doing the, the testing of the electric vehicles that show you how many miles you can go before you need a recharge and the numbers that happen. On the sticker or whatever numbers they put is usually lower yeah. and, and we experienced this with like um, uh, router speeds in the in the networking world. It was always like, oh you know a 10 gig uh, router will give you 10 gigs and it's like no it's that's just a, that's well, uh, a theoretical number yeah and I, mean, I, and I think most people now
1: understand that too I mean we do get it today with just regular um, gas-powered cars with EPA yeah your, your miles efficiency. per gallon are yeah. probably different I mean, than a whatever. vary a little bit yeah.
0: Uh, but but I guess the variance between the numbers in EVs are, are it's a bigger variance than what you get with a with a gas car. Oh, apparently it's huge,
1: huge variance.
0: Yeah, it's in this article it actually says the the uh, big drop in range as much as thirty percent in like very cold weather. There was another study about that. So um, and that gives people range anxiety if you're driving along and you, and you know your car says that you've got. Um, 200 miles to go, and then all of a sudden it go, drops from 200 to 50. You know, and then you start looking for places where you know you need to sort of recharge right, and, right. And, and things like that. So that was one. Of, that was the first big problem. Um, it, the second one was that America's charging infrastructure is inadequate. Uh, basically, this the issue of sort of this range anxiety could go away if America had enough sort of recharging stations, um, and you know apparently so he went up to the canada and i guess in montreal they have more charging restation so it wasn't as bad in terms of trying to recharge the vehicle he only recharged once overnight but then he did discover some other charging stations along the way. Um, and again, when you're driving from New York city up to Montreal, I mean, it's usually, it's one road, it's I 87. It's, it's the inner, it's the North way we call it. Yeah. Cause I grew up in this whole, I, I grew up in upstate New York. So I'm, I'm familiar with that, that highway. Um, there's long stretches where it's just nothing but like country and mountains. Yeah. You know, I so, guess,
1: like the question then is like, how do you get, how do you get wiring? Well, up there.
0: you know, there, there's exits and then, you, you know, there's a McDonald's off of one of the exits because we've, we've, we've taken that trip before. Yeah. Um, there are spots, there are some exits and they do have gas stations, right? Um, obviously, because there are people that live up there. It's not like you're driving through, a, you know, a 500 mile desert. Um, driving in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it is driving in the middle of nowhere, but there are still some people that live up there. So that's that's the second part. Now he also points out, and this is one of our other stories that uh, it's the third third story on your list there, Chris. Um, you know, General Motors last week did make an arrangement with Tesla to op, you know to um, allow those vehicles to tap into the supercharger network. Um, Tesla right now has the biggest uh, range of of rechargers. And so starting in 2025, GM is going to start making EVs with the Tesla charge port. Uh, right now, the agreement would allow you to do it, but you'd have to have an adapter if you had a GM car. So you would have to buy an adapter in order to use the, the Tesla chargers. Um, and then, you know, Tesla also made a deal with Ford, Ford uh, you know, last month. So um, it does feel like that there were, we're moving towards that. Uh, standard, standard yeah. charging adapter, which I believe is good. I mean, obviously if we got to a point of mass adoption and you had six or seven different chargers, th- that would be a mess. That would be a complete mess. And people it, wouldn't, people wouldn't want to deal would, with that. No, I wouldn't want to deal with that. Deal like with if that. I, again, when I go to a gas station for my car, I want to make sure that I don't have to like have an adapter in order to use a gas pump. Like, can you imagine? Uh, and again, but you know, I may, mean, we—I I wasn't around in the 1920s and 1930s yeah. when a lot of those cars were when gas stations were coming up, and you know, I don't think that there was a
1: non-standard way to fill up your gas tank. I, it always felt I like I think there's there always one way. There's a there's a hole for your tank, and here's the nozzle, and it goes in. Right. You know.
0: Right. But then they did. You know. You know. They did. They did make changes to the door and the and sure, where sure. you put the gas in. Like I don't have a gas cap anymore on my newest car, which is weird because it automatically closes, you know, opens and closes now. So you don't, I don't know if you could siphon gas from my car. Maybe you should try that. Maybe we'll try that one day. Oh, Which will you know, we'll turn into sk- an is This is a skill we're going to need when, when the apocalypse happens and we all start needing to siphon cars, gas out of cars. This is what every every you know, post-apocalyptic TV show does. Yeah. They start, you know, one of the scenes is, oh, I've got to fill up my gas tank. All the gas stations are shut down. Um, and so they have to use that siphoning skill, um, you know, where you take the rubber hose and, and you suck the air out and then fill
1: it up. You, you've seen those, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, do you I've think you it. could do that these days? I don't even know if I could do it. I don't think I'd be able to. Yeah. I mean, you, you can do it. Anybody can do it. It's just, do you want to have some gasoline going in your mouth? No, of course not. Of course <laughs> not. I wouldn't want to go to a gas yeah. station and fill it up
0: the regular way. I'm hoping that we don't actually get to the apocalypse because again, uh, and I think I've talked about this before is if the apocalypse happens, they're not going to need podcast hosts. Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, I'd no. be the first one to go under the, under the regime of, all right, well, who do we eat or who do we
1: <laughs> kick yeah. out I of mean, the hey, we, 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 live in, we live in a uh, a period in time where, uh, you know, there might be people actually trying to siphon out of a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine like we're in, the, we're in the
0: apocalypse and, you know, 50% of the cars are electric anyway. Electricity doesn't work, but you're going to still have people trying to get gas out of an electric car. Honey, get the that's, hose that's the that's when you if you're part of a tribe, that's how you, how you know who to kick out of the tribe is the person that tries to siphon the gas out of the EV. yeah. All right. they also said, so number three on his list was that EVs can have the same kind of software problems as computers and phones because that's basically what they are. So there was a point in his trip where uh, the car that he was driving refused to connect with his iPhone through Apple CarPlay, uh, forcing him to ditch the safer, hands-free mode of navigation that he was relying on, and then navigate with Waze instead. The only solution he found was to restart the car's infotainment system, Uh, and unlike a phone or laptop, there's no button to accomplishment. It took him about a half an hour a fiddling to figure out that changing user profiles would force the Android automotive software running on the car to restart, which solved the connectivity issue.
1: Um, I mean, look, he could have he could have saved his half hour and just use his phone to navigate home instead of trying to use his infotainment system. Well, I don't know.
0: I'm uh, just gonna say. I know. So, I've, I, you know what this I mean? is, So again, the new car that I have has this sort of infotainment system, which is really, they just have Apple CarPlay on it. So when I plug in the USB port to the, the phone, it automatically kicks in with, with CarPlay. And so I've had the car for about three three months now, and I'm finding that um, I'm not a big fan of CarPlay, even though I probably should be because I'm an Apple guy. Uh, but sometimes you plug it in and, and, and it doesn't start Spotify or it doesn't start the music. And then I have to like... It's almost more distracting for me to try to get the carplay to work. Once I get it to work, it's great. I get the map on the you know I get the map, I get the music, I get some other things. When a text message comes in, it reads it to me and I can respond with my voice. There are some very nice features of it. But the problem is is that there's always sometimes of a glitch if my phone is in an area where it's not connecting automatically. and it does have a lot of problems with Spotify sometimes, which is my music provider of choice. I'm sure it works great with Apple music. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm not surprised to hear that that a lot of these car systems that have these infotainment systems uh, are having issues because again, it's very hard to update the software on those than it is to update sort of the software on your phone. And I think that's how CarPlay updates itself. Anyway, it, it updates it through your 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 cell phone, and then when you reconnect, the, the software is supposed to get better. Like again, that's one of those iOS iOS 17 things that's coming down from WWDC. I don't know if you saw those announcements you did probably didn't watch the whole thing chris right i just watched the highlights one of the ios one of the ios updates was this feature for carplay which would allow multiple users in a car so if you know i've got i've got three kids and usually one of them sits in the front seat with me or not with me in the he's you know they sit in the the passenger side and then the other two are in the back now what we've been doing whenever whenever i'm driving them around somewhere is that the passenger usually plugs in their phone and then they pick the music and they've got the Spotify playlist or whatever. And so, you know, sometimes I'm, I have to endure listening to Taylor Swift. Other times I have to listen to uh, Broadway show tunes because that's what my my oldest daughter listens to. And then my son is all over the map. Um, so the new feature on iOS 17 will allow anybody to sort of connect to CarPlay from their phones wirelessly or through Bluetooth. Um, so it, it won't be just one person in charge. It'll be like, if, my, if someone's in the backseat and we, and we set up a rule for, okay, it's your turn, you can now play the music, they could just connect via Bluetooth instead of this wire. So maybe that'll be interesting, but uh, you know, the politics of who's gonna be in charge of the music is something, again, you don't have to experience this now, Chris, at some point, but
1: at some point in your life, you will have to deal with this. I mean, I can just uh, tell how excited you are about about this. (laughs) I mean, I'm old school. I stick with the aux cable with the headphone jack thing. So, um, you know,
0: well, well, you're, yeah. And also you're you're, you're driving that big monster pickup truck. There's, there's, um, but that's a cool infotainment system that you have on yours. It's not bad. It's not bad. All right. So then the last one that that Christopher Mims brought up in this article was that topping up at an unfamiliar charging station can be tricky. And he was basically talking about he went to a a street charging station in Montreal and discovered that he had to download an app and prepay for the electricity that he wanted to use. Cell service was dodgy and I had to find a better signal to download the app. Um, Had I been unable to find a decent signal, I would have been out of luck. Uh, even once I downloaded the app, the first station I connected with didn't work, uh, which is another issue that comes up. This reminds me of um, when you're when you're out and about on a road trip and you need money, like you need cash, like going to some of those third party ATM, you know those ATM cash machines at a uh, convenience store or something like that. Yeah, those always feel kind of dodgy, not only because th- those are the ones that usually get the skimmers. Uh, where they steal your money, but then also the fees on those things can be, you know, hey, you need $20? It's a $6 fee. And so you try to avoid those too. And I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see in the EV charging space that as more, it's not just going to be like an official Tesla charging station or gas stations may start converting some of their, air, you know, their square footage to charging stations. But then, you know, if you're in the backwoods of nowhere and then, you know, are you going to want to charge from, you know, Joe's charging station?
1: Well, I mean, it it definitely makes you question the reliability of the whole ecosystem, if you think about it. Right. Right. Because now if you have these third party apps in order to pay for your charging, okay, well, what happens if your phone is dead? And I believe that, you know know what I mean? Yeah. and You can't pay for, can't pay for it. Right, right, so how do you like what do you do when an electrical grid goes out? I don't know, during like a storm or something? Right
0: what if there was yeah, what if there was a, a thunderstorm somewhere and they lost power? then then what do you do?
1: You're going to turn on your your gas power generator? which is you, why I think that I, I don't know
0: it, which is why I think it makes more sense to sort of get to a road of hybrid Yeah, because yeah, it, it 100%. because then you've got that sort of backup redundancy. Um, right. And, and for, you know, and that's sort of what Toyota has been, been preaching. Um, and I know you're a big fan of Toyota cause your truck is a, a Toyota truck, but the, the CEO of Toyota, whose last name is Toyota, um, because he's, it's, it's a part of, it's still, a, it is sort of a family business. Handed down from generation to generation, but right. there was a story a couple of weeks ago where uh, shareholders were some activist uh, shareholders were pushing um, Toyota to get sort of ousted from the board, and most so you know a couple of days ago Toyota the company. Um, basically reelected him, and, and the reason they wanted to get rid of him was because he's been sort of preaching this this hybrid approach. Like like, we, yes, we are going to make EV cars. Yes, we're going to get you know we're going to get to that. They world. wanted him to go but full. They EV. wanted to go. He wanted to go. They wanted him to go full EV, and you know don't even think about hybrids anymore. Um, and, and, and a more cautious approach has been like, let's go to hybrid, you know, let's push hybrid in areas where infrastructure isn't there yet. Right. And, and it just makes complete sense to me. So I was a little worried because of the whole activism and activist investors and seeing if it was going to succeed. So it was it was nice to see that that he did not, or that he did not get ousted from the board and that, you know, a cautious approach
1: actually might be a, a good way to go in this. You, it, the... the Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just gonna say the new Tacoma, the twenty twenty four. It's a hybrid. Yeah, it's fi- It's finally switching over to hybrid, and I believe same thing with the Forerunner. I think at some point either they have already announced the hybrid Forerunner or they haven't. I don't know, but that's probably going to be next. And so it's, I mean, hey, good for Toyota. Yeah, because I think hybrid is the way to go personally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and again, I, from from my perspective, I've always been a big believer for for technology never to go all in on a technology or all in on something. Um, even even with my like uh, uh, all of the vendors that I choose for whatever I'm doing in terms of technology, I, I choose multiple vendors just because I never know if that company is going to do something really stupid or. You know, go out of business or whatever. So it's like I don't go all in on Apple like some other people that we've interviewed on this show. Um, you know, there's there's all these people that believe in the Apple you know Apple ecosystem. So they have they have a Mac, they have an iPhone, they have the the AirPods, they have a watch, they have you know so you know Apple TV and all this other stuff. I have, you know, a Mac and and the phone, but for headphones, I use a different pair of of earbuds. Um, I don't wear the watch. I just don't think that I need a watch at this point um, for, you know, I still use Google. I still use Microsoft on things. I, so I mix it up. It's almost like the diversification strategy of of investing. Like you're better off by having this sort of, you know. Balance And, and so yeah, I mean, that's just, what you, I'm thinking in the EV space. I'd rather have something that gives me the option of electric charging. But if that fails, I have the, the gas backup.
1: And it, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm just not. No, uh, not at no, all. No. No, no. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think you're using what works. You know what I mean? You're using what, what makes sense for you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of just, you know, compromising uh, what works for you to use just one brand, you're just using what works.
0: Right. And I also think that, that, you know, asking questions like this, like, is the infrastructure ready? Do we have charging stations? How will it change? You know, what kind of impact will that have on the grid? Like, I think these are still valid questions. And it, it's weird to hear people that when I when I ask questions like that, they get mad at us for, for like, how dare you be against EVs? And we're, and we're not against EVs. I'm just what I am against is this, you know, sort of blind push that this is the ultimate answer. And I know you and I have had these discussions as well before about, you know, why does the battery have to be sort of electric lithium ion battery? Like, why can't we look into fusion cells, hydrogen fusion cells and some of these other sort of technologies and maybe, and ask the same questions. Maybe, you know, I just don't like it when the status quo or the mob decides something that without having people sort of being able to ask questions, but that, that could be just cause I'm an old person now too.
1: No, no, no. I, I think a lot of people are, are asking these questions. Like uh, the, look, the, the, huge elephant in the room is is the fact of going all electric all at once right no more gas right that that right there is the problem because we all know anybody with two brain cells is it's it's just gonna say no you can't just go all in and shut gasoline off right you, you can't what are you trying to do right so i and we have there's so many things we have to think about infrastructure, the, logi- the logistic logisticality behind it, right? Like, how are we going to have hundred people a day charge their vehicles all at once off of the highway? Like instead of gas stations, what's going to go in place of the gas station?
0: Right, and, and I think we've you been spe- we've done a lot of speculation. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done a lot of thinking about well, maybe it'll be like that rest stop, uh, you know, off of the the
1: major highway. It's going to be a big rest stop. It's going to have to be huge. It'll, it'll
0: be like, yeah, those those ones that have multiple restaurants and multiple stores, and, you know, you're going to have to, instead of just spending 10 minutes filling up your tank and then maybe getting a bite to eat, you're going to have to spend a whole hour there. Maybe you're going to have to build a, maybe we should build an amusement park somewhere and no, everybody to recharge no. their phone or an arcade. Something fun. Uh, a mall. A mall. There you go. Yeah, but malls, malls feel old and dead, too. These days, hey, malls can be fun. <laughs> What malls are you shopping at that I might not yeah, be aware of? Very, I don't know. Very, I, <laughs> it's secret, very rarely go to malls. Listen, it's a, it's a secret mall that only a few people can go to. And we don't want to spoil it for the rest of them. So we're not telling you.
1: Well, no, there's what? Solomon Pond Mall. There's the outlets. Okay. Them. Well, what, what? yeah. Have you been to a mall lately? They're not that fun. I mean couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, there you Maybe. go. All right. To get out outside from the pandemic, something like that.
0: All right. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about sort of the workplace scenario that we've been following. This is the whole battle between employers and employees and remote work and remote and come back to office and uh, hybrid and all that kind of stuff. Actually, today's episode should be called hybrid because we're talking about hybrid cars. We're also talking about hybrid work environments. Maybe I'll work that into the headline. Uh, the, an article this week in the Wall Street Journal was talking about, uh, first, it was quiet quitting. Now now workers are actually facing off with their bosses. There's sort of a backlash against a lot of these back-to-work mandates. Um, and the main story was about a Gallup poll, which measures employee engagement, uh, basically saying that half of workers are not engaged on the job, and they are putting in minimal effort to get by uh, employee engagement declined for the second year in a row. There's also a growing share of the workforce that is disengaged or resentful that their needs aren't being met. In some cases, these workers are disgruntled over low pay and long hours, or they've just lost trust in their employers. Uh, some interesting stats in that in that article and in that survey. I was
1: actually looking for the actual poll. But, yeah. um I guess they just they just have some of the numbers here. More than half of U.S. respondents, Sternson told Gallup, that they thought it was a good time to find a job. Mm, Yeah, remote work divide. Yep.
0: Yeah, and you know that that is one of the bigger issues that the backlash of people that are telling everybody to come back to work and is making people think about whether or not they still want a job there. Um, So that's that's one aspect of this sort of this backlash. But then the Wall Street Journal also. Uh, uh, last week, wrote an article basically with response asking them about why you might not be returning to the office, and they got hundreds of responses, and some of these responses actually are, are pretty interesting uh, in terms of... Do I have that article? Uh, uh, this is the one that says, yeah, it's not my responsibility to save the office oh, economy. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Um, in fact, I'm going to read that quote to you at some point as well. One of There were two... Two big quotes that I liked. First was, it is not my responsibility to do safe downtown by going back to the office, said Merrick Wright of Miami. The average worker should not be in charge of something that just costs us time and money. Uh, and then another person had said everything from daycare to public transportation, toll roads, fuel and fuel taxes, auto purchases and maintenance, dry cleaners, nail spots, restaurants, clothiers, hairstyles, dog walkers. Like he just listed out everything. Um, they all suffer when people work from home, mayors and governors and too many managers want people back commuting. Uh, and I think we've had this discussion too, as well. Is like the people that are commuting, back to the office, whether it's, you know, three days a week, two days a week, full-time. I don't think anybody's been forcing anybody to go back full-time yet. Most of these things are two to three days, but we are spending extra money now. I'm spending more on gas. I'm spending more on maintenance of the car. One of the reasons I got the new car was because it did have better gas mileage than my older car. And so I didn't want to spend as much on gas because gas prices are, you know, up and down a lot. And so, you know, if you compare me to someone who is not in the office and there are working full, full time at home, you know, why should I not be compensated a little bit more to help cover those costs? But those discussions, like you start doing that and then your boss is going to be like, well, why are you complaining about how much you know money you're getting? But if, if they can complain about not coming into work, I should be able to complain about coming into work and then not being compensated. Right.
1: If I was at a different company. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love I, this job. I, I think it goes further than just work. I think this is a, a cultural um, issue. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, like you just think that people just don't want to work anymore.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: honestly, yeah. yeah,. I mean, why? why, Why bother? Well, th- you do have to work to
0: be productive to get paid, to, to make money to buy things, but are people working? Well, I, is this is? Do you think that this is just sort of a sort of a hangover from the pandemic and and you know remote working, or or is it something else?
1: I mean, I've said it a couple times before on the on the podcast, and it's it's kind of like you know everyone got handed candy, and now they're trying to take it away yeah. by having us go back, right? And well, people I just don't want. To, I
0: I think the, the you know the and, I, and I've probably brought this up as well with you is that the real reasons why companies want employees back. It's not about the so-called productivity. It's not about the engagement. The, I think they throw those words around because they're really hiding the real issue. I think I think part the real of issue is, is that I, they're paying all this money for rent on these buildings that are empty. I think it's both. I, I think it's both. I think, I think, it's, it's, I think, I think it's, it's higher on the on the rent in the the building, and and they have a CFO who who walks around the office and goes, "Why am I paying all this money for, you know, empty furniture or furniture that's right, not being used?"
1: Okay, so then let's say the the natural solution to that would be okay. Let's sell off our property. Okay, well, who's it going it, to? Yeah, but <laughs> that okay, that kind of decision, it, you have to be really certain that you're not going to have anybody who wants to come back in the office cuz if you sell off your property right and if people want to start to come back you have no property right so you you got to have you have to make some sort of decision that works you know you kind of have to like think ahead well, yeah, in the I future mean, there
0: or, there was this discussion about sort of the this trend of hot desking and and not giving any not giving a, an employee an actual cube or a desk to sit in but then it becomes, so if you come in, you have to reserve your space and then that's where your laptop is. But then the next day you come in, you might have to go to a different area. And it that was called hoteling, I think, for a while. It, you know, I don't, some, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We have this thing on our cubes that like it has the little QR code.
1: But I don't use that. I'm trying to remember which article it was um, uh, that we were looking at today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of those quotes uh, where someone was, was asking. It's like, are we are we uh, working hard or are we hardly working?
0: Oh, that was the thing we you yeah, said. No, it wasn't.
1: You know, that was one we didn't oh, that's, use. Okay, because we couldn't get access to the article because it was behind a paywall. I mean, yeah, you have to think about it. Like, yeah. if you're a manager, right, and, and you're, you're 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 supposed to manage expectations. You're supposed to manage mm-hmm. uh, the performance of your of your department, right? Are you certain that everybody is? working efficiently, pulling their weight. Yeah, but But
0: on the other hand, there are ways to not work when you're in the office. There are ways, you know, there are distractions at the office, just like there's distractions at home. It all comes down to whether you trust your employees that they'll get their job done. It's more about, you know, how much do you check in? How much do you communicate with your your leaders? And this is why younger employees actually prefer coming into the office because they can get that mentorship and they can get the the direction that they need right. versus someone maybe who's in their forties and fifties and, or older who know what to do and they know how to do it. And, you know, there are certain things when I'm working at home that I have to make sure that I try to avoid, um, you know clicking on the TV and making sure, you know, and then all of a sudden it's an hour later and things like that. You got to make sure you don't do that. You, you do have to be a little bit more disciplined. But on the other hand, I don't have, you know, people screwing up the microwave and causing a real, really weird smell in the office or some of those other distractions that the physical office brings. And again, it comes down to the responsibility of the employee and the responsibility of the employer, but that's boring. And no one wants to hear about that. They'd rather just hear about, you know, come back to work or not or else. So I'm going to jump to my next story because right. this is going to be this is going to give you some eye rolls. All right. So uh, this is another workplace related article about um, inside the push to make everyone friends at work. Employees that are worried about a lack of social connection in hybrid offices are trying to organize more fun in workplaces. <sighs> All right. So this does have sort of a tech angle to it. They realized that in a in a remote and hybrid world where you have sort of Zoom meetings and it's always scheduled meetings at certain points of time that there isn't as much bonding or connection that goes on with the employees at an office place, okay? Yep. And so, so the, the reporters on this story found a bunch of companies that are trying to do more quote unquote fun things. Now I was a little, my eyes started to roll when I saw the first picture that was used in this uh, example and you can bring it down here. And so this is like, this will hurt your Geez, eyes. That,
1: that must bring back some memories. Uh, I back in the day.
0: I'm annoyed that everybody thinks that the eighties that everybody dressed like that and it was never the case where anybody dressed. The only place they people dressed like that were like music videos and cruises now where people do eighties nights. Or, you know, you celebrate the eighties by you know, this was not you weren't walking down the street in in those types of clothes, or at least not where I grew up. But again, I was also a teenager and not you know, in my twenties or thirties, but I don't even think the people in the twenties or thirties were, were wearing that stuff again. Again, it's, it's our cultural lens that we look back at and think that everybody was wearing that. Like not everybody in the nineties was wearing flannel because of Nirvana. It's just, this is what's what we're exposed to. And you know, right. I didn't wear flannel and I I'm usually about 10 years behind on all my trends. Slow. Like I was telling you earlier, I had a mullet in the nineties. I was wearing flannel in the two thousands. So, um, yeah. That's not how people dressed. Anyway, this was a photo from a company called Digital Turbine in Austin, Texas. They uh basically are trying to create the friend squad. Um others or other companies are staging baking contests, holding bingo games, etc, etc, etc. The the basics of the this is what made me think about it. I'm in my, you know, I'm I'm in my uh over 40s, I'll say. And I think when I was, I try to think back when I was younger, when I was in my 20s and I was working, you know, first job out of college, there was never anything that was organized fun. There was never any sort of like you had fun, but it was you found your own friends at work. Uh, you sort of did your own things. If you joined the softball team, it was not because there was an HR person who was creating these, the, you know, come join the softball team thing. It was more like someone who was on the team was like, hey, you want to play softball? So you 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 made work friendships because you were working so hard, and you became friends that way. So I it's weird that there are these corporate rules now about sort of forced fun, and it does it does feel like companies are now doing this to appeal to those younger workers, twenty year olds, thirty year olds, and they're not thinking about maybe the people that have families because. And I was talking to my wife about this recently too, and. You know, a lot of the work gatherings that are done are now just done for the employees and they don't want the families to be there. They don't want because it's cost more money. But I remember growing up, my parents, they would have work outings and they there was an outing where we went up to the local amusement park and had a big picnic and they paid for everybody to go to the amusement park and then they paid for the the lunch in this little pavilion, and you could get food there, or you could just spend your own money and, and you know grab it from the concession stand. but it does feel like there's not as many sort of group outings with families. It's more about like you will get along with this coworker or else or you know in this mandatory fund. So I'm a little bugged by the article and you, you're less bugged by it because you, you you're getting a different sense of what
1: these companies are trying to achieve, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to think about it. I mean, right now today yeah this looks weird why because we're working from home yeah
0: well that's one of the reasons i think maybe these companies are
1: trying to do this is they're trying to get people to come back into the office exactly i mean they they have to they they have to i I, honestly i feel like these people are trying to save their company because maybe they're noticing that yeah they're getting lower engagement um lower productivity maybe the type of industry that they're in requires um you know social interaction and they're, they're doing this to try to save their um, the performance of their company. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I applaud them. I mean, but you know, back in the day, pre-plague, right? Pre-plague, <laughs> we would have, we would no, honestly, we would have these little social gatherings here and there. Like, oh, uh, you know, maybe on a Friday, it's a, it's oh, a beer, it's a beer gathering yeah, where we was, all get. All, I think one of the HR people once yeah. called it Fantastic Friday, which wasn't fantastic. Whatever, but but the idea was, you know, we all got together, we all talked, and we yeah. caught up with one another, and. Yeah. Um, we look at it today and it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. This is so corny. This is so cheesy. But it's like, I mean, we used to do this back in the day. No problem.
0: Yeah. No problem. There was, I remember one so, com- one time they would, during the summer, they would get an ice cream truck to come out. Yeah. And you'd, you'd get a coupon for a, a free ice cream bar at like three o'clock on a Friday. Sure. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think this is more of a result of people not being in the office as much. And they're trying to think of new ways to get people back. Like, here's a, here's a quote. This is an interesting quote. This is from uh, the company called fair Isaac, which is the company behind the FICO score for credit. So this is a quote. There was a relationship disconnect. Uh, A glass of wine over zoom worked over the pandemic or the zoom pizza party were fine ideas, but they didn't connect us enough Um, so that they're trying to do other types of apps and conversation groups and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I did attend a couple of Zoom party things.
1: It's those it's, were okay, the, those were weird. Yeah, the I thing.
0: Did you have to do that? Because we I wasn't here.
1: I wasn't here during the pandemic for for you guys. I, I didn't go to any of them. But did they uh, have them? We did have them. Yeah, but yeah. I, I opted out because I <laughs> I, I want to see. I and, and again, this is just me, but I think a lot of people can relate. You know, is I would rather see people in person, right? like if i want to have fun with someone it's not going to be over zoom it's not going to be over zoom yeah it's going to feel like work now because everything's over zoom you know what i mean so I, I i i think the approach needs to change and i think um how we're seeing these these companies uh go out there and do these weird wacky cheesy things i'm like hey good good for them good for them for trying you know See again. I think you're
0: showing sort of your age versus my age. I feel like a lot of these things are eye rolling. And um, but now you're not Gen Z by any stretch. I mean, you're you're sort of in that middle.
1: No, I'm uh, a millennial. millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah so millennial. you're a
0: millennial but, guy. I think you but, understand up. the need for that, but I I don't think you. I, I think you need to have it more. Uh, it, you need to have it more be more formal than I do. I think that like just you and I, we have. We're friends at work. We're sort of work friends, right? Um, but I don't think that you know a group gathering is going to make me be friends with anybody else here. I don't, I just don't have the time to make any more friends. I have
1: enough. I, I, I <laughs> you you have the you feel like you should have more friends at work. Well, no, I just like the interaction, interacting yeah. with other people face to face instead of a Zoom screen. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Okay. Okay, uh, I'd rather see people face to face. Not
0: we do need to decide this on on camera whether or not we're work friends now. Like I think no, we've yeah, 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 now been friends. here now what, five or six months with you again. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because we do go out to lunch every time we're here. Like in you know in studio. We, but 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 you know speak- we go we eat at lunch. And, you know and I don't I don't despise you and you don't despise me. Right. Although sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes when we disagree about sure, some, sure. certain things.
1: But like now imagine and now imagine a new freshly hired employee in a company. Um, is this person going to be able to interact with other people like face to face? Probably not. Right. It's going I, to make I, for
0: a very odd I do work feel, environment. I do feel bad for any sort of new companies. Like, like let's say you just graduated college right. and you're coming into a company and you know, work culture for a, a brand new employee is probably a lot harder now than it was pre plague to use your phrase. Um, you, you, you know, I think you had some onboarding sort of things that would go on before the, the whole work at home thing. Now you're coming into a company and you find out that oh yeah, most of our employees you know are remote and yeah. Just, I, I don't know. You know I don't. Just, that's just a really the good other question. Day.
1: How would you? How do you react in a post
0: pandemic world in
1: terms of getting right. a new job? Just just the other day, um, my wife got a upgraded laptop that she got mailed to her um, from her company. Okay. right. So she got this laptop in a box um, and there was a paper with the instructions of how to set it up, how to sign in your account. Okay. typically, like for us, we would just come in and see our IT people. Like if we if we had a question or or they would. Yeah. If we had a question or if there was an issue with one of the steps. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to start up the operating system. You got to configure all that. And it's just like okay, to just get handed your new laptop. Here's a piece of paper with the instructions. Good luck. I mean, obviously you can call, you can call them for help. Yeah. But don't you think it might be easier to be required to have that individual come into the the office that they're working out of? Yeah. And be like, hey, all right, here I'll I'll, I'll sit with you. Here we'll sell. Well, up your how far laptop. away is the office from where? But it's Boston. It's Boston. Okay. So it's not too far. Well, actually, actually or it's far enough. It's, it's a, Rhode Island. Sorry. It's, it's okay. lesser. Yeah. It's lesser of a distance. So it's in Rhode okay. Island and it, it's just kind of like, uh, it, it'd be a lot easier if you could just do this like in person. And actually I, I had a, a perfect scenario. Um, well, do you think scenario. That, Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, just, I have another question though for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple days, just a couple of days ago, I had an issue with my laptop. Um, Actually, I have a couple examples. You have a lot issues. I have a lot of yeah. So because it's a PC, man. No, 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 no. No, no, it's it's a Dell. That's why it's Dell. (laughs) Um, No, so there goes our sponsorships. So for our for our podcast here, like (laughs) I'll use my laptop as a media source, right? And I get issues with the headphone jack not going through our mixer. Mm And so I'm pulling my hair out, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, troubleshoot it myself, and usually I am, I'm pretty good at troubleshooting, I troubleshoot all this, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was having no luck, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to take this over to the IT, the IT guys, yep. right down the hallway, yep. boom, solve the problem, and I'm done. Yeah.
0: That's it. And if, if, if we were doing this all remote, it would take, we wouldn't have had a show that day.
1: No, probably not, because yeah. you got to, you got to get queued up into their ticket system, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of a lot of companies. Yeah. they have a ticket system, right? So you get queued up, and they'll get you when you're next in line. And right. Then they'll shoot you an email. They'll probably do like a remote. So remote you so you did an end like around
0: that. by just basically going to see them in person.
1: Yeah. Well, it was for an episode. Right. of Tech Talk of in course, the studio. It, and, it would have been urgent anyway. And, and IT is here twenty four seven. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. And Good. Good for them because they can solve cases really quickly. They're on the uh, corporate internet. Like are they? Really are they, here? We, they? actually have people here twenty four seven, or is that just uh, an expression? It's just an expression. Okay. I'm five days a week. Yeah, or four days a week. Okay, but but they're here. Yeah. But it's as simple as taking it and go seeing them, and problem solved. Where I think today, it's you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, it's so convenient for me to to work at home." Well, that's great, but once you start having issues with things, it's going to become a yeah an issue.
0: So this actually leads me to the the question that that I want to ask you if and it's and it's a hypothetical you don't have to answer if you don't want to but if you had to choose would you return to a work scenario that was exactly the way it was before the pandemic or do you do you think that or would you prefer to sort of have this this hybrid world that we seem to be in Hybrid like, meaning like a couple days a week? Everyone comes in three days a week. It's usually probably the middle of the week because we all understand it's Mondays and Fridays are probably going to be working at home. But, you know, and maybe enforce it a little bit more than maybe the, yeah
1: then people might be doing. If if they mandated for us to come back five days a week, I wouldn't have a problem with it. If If they didn't mandate and if I had a choice, I'd say three days a week. Yeah, in. and Friday and Monday we were from home because I mean typically Fridays and Mondays aren't that busy anyways because that's you know Mondays are it's the week just starting back up. And I find is I find I'm
0: busier Mondays than I am on Fridays. I yeah. am yeah,
1: but Fridays
0: is part of the week where I don't get, things I don't wind get as, down. I don't right? get as many emails from PR people or any, I, even the you know the people because I'm trying to find people for the show. I just don't get any responses from people on Fridays, and if I don't have things done by Thursday, it's like it's next week that it that I'm I'm into. Right, right. Um which is why I spend Fridays doing other things like for the video show, like some of the shorts and things like that we put on YouTube. So uh I, I don't I don't think we should go back to the way it was before. I I don't think culturally workers are ready for that or even would want to go back to that. I do feel that there was some benefit of having Everybody sort of remote for a while to get to that experience to find out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Well, we, but I do think that there are benefits for both and you just sort of have to work through them all. And it, it sounds wishy-washy, I know, but like it, it feels like we're going to be there for a while. And this whole back and forth and
1: pushback, I, don't, I just don't well, think here, you should
0: be mandating a lot of this stuff.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think we're forgetting one key aspect okay. here. Why did we have to work from home? Well, because there was there was apparently this
0: this uh, virus that okay. was causing a lot of people to get sick. They didn't have a cure. They didn't have
1: a vaccine for it. They didn't have. I mean, so like okay, it's it? it's it was COVID nineteen, oh, right? Yeah. So it's twenty twenty three. Yeah. What are we doing?
0: Yeah, but I, 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 mean? think that like, also, I think these companies are afraid that if they start mandating everyone come back in five days a week that people are just going to quit and find, like, it's not like everybody's mandating this return to office. No, There are no, companies no. out there that are still really like, hey, we're hybrid, we're fine. Or, you know, we, we changed our model, we're now fully remote. And we're comfortable with the Zoom meetings and we're comfortable with the technologies that allow anybody to work from anywhere. Fine, you know, and I guess you put it back on the employee to go find a job that you want or you find the company that you want. Yeah. Because again, we're not talking about this, this is an either or for, you know, every company in the world has to do this. This is why we talk about this on, on on a regular basis. Right. Because a company like Disney decides to do the mandate or Elon Musk decides to do the mandate. And, you know, and then all these, the Wall Street Journal then writes about these these companies and it's a back and forth. So I have a feeling we'll be talking about this probably two months from now when we're not talking about AI or VR.
1: It's, it's going I think it's going to be years and years. Yeah down the road it'll, it'll be the top subject one of the top subjects
0: all right so but more importantly is whether or not i should go into t-shirt mode or or just stick with the the just better shirts just just get short sleeve sweatshirts <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right i gotta go do some amazon shopping so i'm gonna kind of wrap up the show today is that all right Yep. All right. Good to see you, Chris, as always. Same here. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe, please subscribe, add any comments you have below, even if it's just about my fashion. I'm, I'm fine. Just comment and join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.